Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Come on, we're thankful that Jesus rose from the dead. It's Easter week, everybody. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. So good. Hey, good morning, Freedom House Church. So good to see you in church this morning, specifically on this Palm Sunday. It's a very sacred Sunday because this is really when Easter kicks off. Because 2,000 years ago, it was on Palm Sunday when Jesus entered into Jerusalem, which would then set off the course of events of the Last Supper. By Friday, he would die for our sins. And for three days, they thought God was dead. But the joke was on the devil. Come <laughs> on, somebody. Because by next Sunday, he would raise again as the conquering king. Come on, somebody. So good. And so I'm really thrilled, you know, full of a passion to kick off our Easter week. And, and I think today's going to be a really special Sunday. If you're joining us for the first time, my name is Josiah Silton, the lead pastor of Freedom House Church. We're a one church that meets in three locations, city of Fullerton, Costa Mesa, and also live online. Would you give God a clap and welcome all of our church family as we're live online. What's up, Freedom House family? So good to see everybody. And um, I love the fact that technology, we can be at one place and minister to people all over the world in multiple cities. And I think that's a blessing. Um, that I think if Jesus lived today, he would use technology. Not like some of y'all use it, but he would use it, okay, <laughs> in a way to reach people with the gospel. But today is Palm Sunday, and um, it's going to be a very unique Palm Sunday because I believe that when Jesus entered, he entered into Jerusalem with the intent to establish his kingdom. So today I'm going to try my best to articulate what Jesus entered to do 2,000 years ago, but also how we enter into his perfect plan. And so if you'd grab your Bibles, we're going to be in Luke chapter 19. When you walked in, they handed you a message outline. They're the points to my message as well as the verses that we'll be reading today. And we'll be looking here at the story of Jesus entering Jerusalem of what is known as Palm Sunday. And again, it's a very significant moment because Sunday really sets off the Easter week. It's a very holy week, a very moment of reflection and also celebration that our Savior, come on, has conquered sin and death. Amen. Luke chapter 19, verse 28 through 42. We're going to read about 12 passages of Scripture here, and um, actually 14 passages of Scripture here of the Palm Sunday story. Follow along with me here. I'm reading the New Living Translation, and uh, we're going to jump into God's Word. Ready for the Word? Amen. Let's read here. The Bible says in verse 28, it says, After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. It says, And as he entered Bethphage and Bethany, at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he said to two of his disciples, how many disciples? Two of his disciples. He said, go into the village over there, he told them, and as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. He says, untie it and bring it to me. And if anybody asks you, why are you untying that colt or that young donkey, just say, the Lord needs it. Can you all say that with me? Say, the Lord needs it. He said, just tell him, God has need of it. Verse 32 says, so they went and they found the colt just as Jesus had said. And when he says, and sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked him, why are you donkey jacking me? Just kidding. Why are you untying that colt? And verse 34, and the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. Say it again when we say, the Lord needs it. 
So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments on it for him to ride on. Now Jesus begins to ride into the city. Here's Palm Sunday, verse 36. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near to the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God and in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Sounds like a Freedom House Church service right there because they were loud. They were the rowdy bunch. And here's what I found. You know, the Bible says they were shouting because of all the miracles they've seen. Because what I have found is that that's why you can never judge somebody's worship. Because somebody's worship is usually directly connected through to the miracles God has done in their lives and the great things. So when you just say, why are they all excited? You don't know what God just did in their life. They might have just got healed of cancer. They might have just got seen breakthrough. So you'd be like, go on with your bad self. Say amen. All right. So they're worshiping because they're like, my God has been good to me. Watch verse 38. It says, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, here come the religious folks. Quiet down. Teacher, rebuke your disciples. You shouldn't be happy in church. You're supposed to be sad. Verse 40 says, I tell you, he replied, If they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Some of my old school church, you guys know the old song, Ain't No Rock gonna cry in my place as long as I'm alive I will glorify something okay that's not so school right <laughs> that's back anyway all right, all right but no rock in other words Jesus said he will get worship from somewhere verse 41 but as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead he began to weep so now Jesus is crying last verse here how I wish today that you were all people would understand the way to peace but now it's too late and it's hidden from your eyes here's the point people were celebrating Jesus was here, but they were missing his peace. And here's my prayer, is that this Easter, in the midst of all that's going on, you don't miss the peace of God of what it's all about. He's right here. And what we need to do is respond with our hearts open and available. Because in verse 32, it says, tell him the Lord needs it. In other words, God, I'm here. The title of my message today is really a prayer declaration. And it's this, whatever you need, Lord, whatever you need, Lord, I'm here. Would you bow your head? Let's pray one more time. Father, we thank you for your word. And as we enter the portion of the service where we come to dine on your holy word, my prayer is that, God, we'd have open hearts to your purposes, your will, your ways, which are higher than our ways. Father, speak to us. Challenge us. Just rework our hearts and our minds so that we can focus on what you're focused on. Speak to us, God, as we enter Easter week and let us realize what you came to do, your great purposes, that we serve the risen king, the conquering king. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. Come on, give God one more clap. You may be seated. And just tell the person you came with, tell them, say, the Lord needs you. Say that. Say, the Lord needs you. And tell you the other person you brought in, say, the Lord definitely needs you. Say, definitely you. Whew. Lord needs to get a hold of you. I'm joking. Come on. So good. Amen, amen. Well, again, today is a very unique Sunday. If you're joining us for the first time, um, it's Palm Sunday, but I'm also going to try my best to articulate an, a vision Sunday because, see, Palm Sunday is really about Jesus and God's purposes here on earth. And I believe that God's purpose and his plan always invites us to participate in that. And our role is to say, God, what part do we play 
in your plan. Because whether we realize this or not, God saved us not just from something, God saved us for something. I'll say it again. God didn't just save you from something, he saved you for something. And when it comes to a lot of us, a lot oftentimes most people can articulate what God saved them from, but then they get unclear what God saved them for. So it'll be like, God took me out of this, took me out of that, saved me from this. And it's like, well, what did God save you for? I don't know. (laughs) know? But I believe God saved us for a purpose. There's a reason. There's a purpose. There's a plan. And, And Easter is really the entrance and the definition of what that plan is. Because maybe you've never heard this before, but God has a plan for your life. He, he, there is a purpose for your life, like, like for real. Like I'm not just saying that. God knows you by name. I'm going to say it again. God knows you by name. And some of you, you try to run from that, but it has, it has tracked you down. Come on now. And God has a plan. And, and I know God wants to introduce you to that plan and say, well, how do you know that, Pastor Josiah? Here's why. It's because you're, you're here today. You're within the sound of my voice. If God didn't want to reveal his plan to you, then you wouldn't be here right now. Like you would have still been asleep or you would have been somewhere else. But you're here because God is trying to introduce you to his perfect plan. He's trying to get you to understand not what the devil is doing in your life, but what God is doing in your life. He wants you to understand the great things that he's doing right now on planet earth and what he wants to be involved in inside of our lives. In other words, God, show me that purpose. Like, show me how I fit into your purpose. Because this is what, what, what Palm Sunday is all about. Palm Sunday is about Jesus entering into the city. And this entrance is God entering not just into, you know, some, some place 2,000 years ago, but it's his entrance into humanity. And our role, stay with me here now, our role is to say, God, how does my personal life fit into your perfect plan? Like, what do you want to do with me personally so I can fit into your perfect plan all across planet Earth? Because God has a plan, again, for each one of our lives to be part of his perfect plan. Now, now, this is something that every time we approach the Holy Week, and I always qualify my messages and stuff, but, but you know, every time we approach Easter, me personally, I always ask God to give me a, a, a new perspective, a kind of a, a, a fresh, a heavy Rebbe. Some of you know the Rebbe's. Come on, just God, give, give me a fresh perspective on your perfect plan. Like, I want to know, like, I don't just want Easter to be a ritual. You know, I don't, I don't want it to be just religious because whether you God didn't call us into a, a, just a religious experience. He called us into a relationship with him. And yeah, come on somebody. He didn't call us into just rituals. He called us into relationship because rituals won't change your life. Relationship with God will change your life. Come on somebody. It's saying, God, I want to be in relationship with you. Like, church is not just us doing our Christian calisthenics. Like, if you come, and, and, and it's just another Easter, I'm going to come, and, you know, stand, sit, okay, amen, huh? take pictures, kids wear dresses, wear a tie, okay, wonderful, we're going to find eggs. You're going to be trying to find all kinds of things the rest of your life. You are going to be disappointed, because this is about a relationship. Is God, I want to be in relationship with you. And the way I always, uh, you know, try to bring concepts of relationship is like with my wife is, is I want to be in, like, I, uh, how many know that I can be married to my wife, but not be in relationship with her? I can go with the rituals of having dinner, but be all, you know, not even connected. We can even sleep in the same bed and not even really be as one. I can go through the rituals and not have a relationship. What's the point? You can go through Easter. You can even sit in church. You can read your Bible and not be in relationship. 
In other words, God, I want to know you. God, I want to know you. And, and this is what Easter is. God, I don't just want to go through the rituals. Rituals ain't going to change my life. I want a relationship with the living God. God, speak to me. God, show me. God, reveal to me. Look, watch this. God, check me. Oh, yeah, I don't want to. No, no, don't check me, Lord. No, no. Come on, show me, Lord. Like, what do I got to get right? Because this hard head needs it. Come on, I'm, I'm just kidding myself. I know some of y'all are perfect. Pray for me, okay? Like, show me, Lord. I want to hear your voice. Here's a good prayer to pray. Here's a good prayer. It's God, what are you doing in my life right now? What are you doing in my life right now? Because many of us, we know what the devil's doing in our life. What he's doing, he's coming up with Satan's shoes. Y'all knew I was going to talk about it, so let's just get it over with, okay? <laughs> okay, let's get it over with. Why not? The devil's out there. We all know that, which, by the way, the devil's under my feet, and so, but don't be buying the shoes anyway, okay? So, but it's under my feet, okay? Demonio. Anyway. I mean, it's, cool. it's wild, you know what I'm saying? But, but we know what the devil's doing. But can you articulate, what's God doing? Here's the prayer. Holy Spirit, what are you doing in my life right now? Like, what, what, what are you up to? Where are you guiding me? Where are you showing me? That, that's the most important prayer because context. In the verses we just read, we read that Jesus makes the decision to enter Jerusalem. That's what Palm Sunday is about. It's Jesus saying, it's time. I am going to enter the city, not just for a celebration, but I'm going to enter the city to bring direction and transformation. Entrances are powerful. Some entrances are normal, ordinary. Like some entrances really have no, no, no meaning. Like if you enter your living room, like, I'm here. <laughs> like, sit down, bro. You know, like, Unless someone's sitting in your part of the couch, so get off my, my spot. Anyway, that's, anyway, all right. It's like molded to me. But, but you know, you, that's ordinary. But other entrances are, 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 are life-changing. Like, for example, when your first child entered the world, okay? You were like, I will no longer sleep. <laughs> right? I will always not be able to hang out. Anyway, right? that, that changed your life because the entrance of a child changed the dynamic of who you are. When, 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 um, for me, you know, when, when I, when Marie Viacanya entered my life, who I later turned into Marie Silva, hey, I put a ring on it, come on, right? When she entered my life, it changed my life. That was a significant moment. It changed my life. I mean, it's, it's been expensive ever since then. <laughs> I've been broke since, anyway, you know, since then. You know? I tell my son, this is a good little, 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 little wizard, but I tell my son, because, you, know, you know, there's like this, like that. And I said, brother, let me tell you something. Love is expensive. It is expensive. It costs you a lot of money. It costs you a lot of time. Don't just be throwing it out there like nothing because your, your, your dad's still paying. Okay? <laughs> so anyway, that's wisdom right there. Love is expensive. Just tell your children that. But anyway, so, so, so it, it, that changed my life. Uh, um, you know, I always, when, I, when we do weddings, uh, when, when the bride enters, the whole room changes. You know, she turns the corner in her glory and splendor. You know, it's like, you know, and the guy, and I always love, I love seeing the, the groom, right? He's crying, like, here's my bride, and, and the room is just like, it just, you feel like a, an anointing hit that moment of, of just beauty and power. This is God-centered. It changes the room. That's what Palm Sunday is. It was the entrance of Jesus. He says, I'm not just entering to enter, but I'm entering with the intent 
to forever change the trajectory of the relationship of humanity with God. I'm entering to say, devil, no longer will you be able to have the power of sin and death over my people. I hope somebody gets this. But I'm entering to nail every sin on that cross and the devil's gonna think he won, but he's gonna lose because on the third day, I'm gonna rise again. And guess what? That entrance now is made way for me to enter into relationship with God. It's powerful. So write this down, point number one. Here's your first point today. Jesus entered with purpose. So what's Palm Sunday all about? It's the fact that Jesus wants to enter with purpose. He wants to enter with an intent in our lives and with the resolve to show us like he saved us for a purpose. He saved us for a reason. I love what Luke chapter nine and verse 51 says. It says, as the time drew near, speaking of when Jesus earlier chapters is deciding to finally enter the city, the Bible says, as the time drew near for him to ascend to heaven, Jesus, watch this word, let's all read it together on the count of three in the New Living Translation. says, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. This word resolute in the Greek is, is the Greek word sterizo, which literally means, it means to, to, to um, set a certain direction with focus. It means to go in a direction with focus. So in other words, what Jesus was saying is, it's time. It's time. It's like whoosh, focused. It is time now to bring about the change to bring about the way to God that all of humanity had been longing for. It's time, resolutely, with focus, made a decision to say it's time. And I'm telling you, if you haven't had this moment in your life, it's coming. Where some of you can reflect back the moment that God finally knocked on the door of your heart. And I believe now, even right now, God's knocking on the door of, of all of us. And I will say this prophetically, speaking of the whole church, I believe God is knocking resolutely on the, on the global church, specifically Freedom House Church, the, the church that we're, that God is saying now is the time for the church to step into the purposes. And now's the time where humanity needs the church. Like right now global pandemic we've all been through. Everyone in some way has been affected, traumatized of what has happened. And one thing we've recognized over this course of this last year is that we need Jesus more than ever, okay? Real talk. Like we, we realize Jesus, church, is essential. Like you can lose everything, but don't you lose your Jesus. Don't you lose your relationship with God because then you'll lose it all. Like that's all, it's like the old adage, when, you're, when God is all you have, you realize that's all you ever needed. Like that's, that's what's going to sustain me. And I think we've learned that over this past year is that we need, but I believe even now as, as we are turning the corner and of course we're, you know, uh, reopening and people are coming, you know, back to church, but people are wondering for answers. And I'm telling you right now, Jesus is resolutely turning his gaze and his eyes upon the church because the answer and the hope for humanity, I got to preach it like I feel it, is Jesus, 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 Jesus. And that's us. It's us saying, God, it's time for you to enter. It's time for you to enter again. It's time for you to enter my home. It's time for you to enter because everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of places, they don't want Jesus to enter. You're not welcome here. Like you're welcome in church, but not welcome in my phone. 
You can't enter in my DMs. You can't enter into my dating relationships. You can't enter in, into my school. You can't enter. But God says wherever he is welcome, wherever he's praying, wherever he enters, his purposes come with them. And I believe this, this Easter week is specifically right now, this Palm Sunday, that we are at a place of history, and I mean it, in a place of history that none of us, listen, none of us in our lifetime have ever gone through stuff like this. Where I believe we need to make way for Jesus to enter in greater dimensions than never before. He is the answer for humanity. So Jesus enters, sets resolutely. He was focused, but what was he focused on? I'm going to tell you, Jesus was focused on bringing salvation to the city. This is Easter. Now, again, catch the spirit of the scriptures here. Don't just approach it in a, in a cal Christian calisthenic religiosity way that we just feel more pious because, because we went to church or else you, you, uh, you, it will disappoint you of saying, okay, I went to church and I heard the guy in skinny jeans. Is that still in, by the way? We're doing baggy pants. So what are we doing now? I'm getting confused. You know, I should have saved my MC Hammer. It's not, whoa, you know, right? Anyway, so, so you know, you're going to be disappointed every Easter and Easter. Because you feel, why do I feel like I go to church, but I just, it doesn't do anything for me? It's because you're, you're not experiencing it. You're not saying, Jesus, I want you to enter my life like you enter Jerusalem. I want to open my heart. I want to open my mind. And I want to make way, somebody, to receive in my life. Now, now, what was Jesus focused on? Well, the Bible says he resolutely set his face to enter. Jesus was focused on bringing salvation to the city. Because as we read, the Bible says he wept. There were celebrations, but he was weeping. He says, because you're missing where the true peace is. The peace that is found only in Jesus. The peace that Jesus says, I want to bring salvation to the city, but make no mistake, he was laying down his life to build his church. And I want to tell you, Jesus loves his church. He loves his people. Now, when I say church, I'm not talking about the bricks, okay? I'm not talking about, you know, the, the walls. I'm talking about you, right? Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the doors. See all the people, okay? Rev heavy revelation going on right now. This is heavy stuff right here. <laughs> he loves his church. Like, this is the mission of Christ. And I want to read Ephesians 5.25 because here's what the Bible says. Now, in context, he's speaking about the relationship between a husband and a wife. But Jesus reveals the scriptures. Of, I'm sorry, Paul the Apostle reveals to us the heart of Jesus. And he says this in the latter part of the verse. He says, Christ, what does the Bible say? What did he do? He loved the church. And what did he do for her? He gave his life. Up. He gave up his life for her. So answer this with me. Who did Jesus love? And what did Jesus do? He gave his life. Because there is a, a, a false theology. You'll say, well, I, I, I love Jesus, but I don't love his church. And it sounds real hipster, you know, real cool, but it's unbiblical. Because if you love Jesus, you're going to love what he loves. If you, if you love Jesus, you're going to give up your life for what he gave his life up for. He loves the church. He says, I gave my life up for my people. 
When I entered Jerusalem, make no mistake, I, I was there to save the broken, to heal and restore. He says, I gave my life up for his people. And so people say, well, well I, I, I didn't give my life to church. I gave my life to Jesus. And it sounds real pious, but Jesus actually says, no, I love my church. You want to know why? He, he says, I love my church. Watch this now. With all their problems, with all their dysfunctions, with all their brokenness. How many know the church ain't perfect? Nah. I said, how many know the church ain't perfect? <laughs> okay. Because people are like, well, I don't love church. It's not perfect. Really? Tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. Even if there was a perfect church, the minute you and I show up, it's not perfect anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not perfect. He says, I love my church. And for us to say, well, God, I don't love your church. It would be like you telling me, Pastor Sai, I like you, but I don't like your kids. I said, excuse me? That's what it means to God. We say, God, I love you, but I don't love everything you're about. Let me tell you what Jesus is doing right now. He is building his church. He is trying to reach people. Jesus entered the city to transform the world. He entered the city to transform the world. This is the heart of Jesus. I, I love what, 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 uh, what, what, what's, what's, what David, David wrote here. I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, the intent of Jesus. The Bible says his intent was that now through the church, someone say through the church. He says, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God would be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. God was establishing his church, the, the group of the redeemed, the broken, the broken vessels that came together and received salvation. He says that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God we may know. What does that mean? That means God says that the way the wisdom of God is going to be made known to the world is when they look what he's doing through the church. When they see what he's doing through the church, they're going to say, man, I know that God's wisdom, I know that God is a healer because I see it happening through the church. I know that God is, a, is, is, is full of love because I see it happening through the church. I know that God reaches people because I see it happening through the church. I know that God didn't leave us in a pandemic because I see him moving through the church. And that's why I love that through the church, even a pandemic, we helped over 100,000 people through the church. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm talking about, that through the church. And as we're here, this Palm Sunday, like I said, if you join us first time, it's a very unique Palm Sunday because I want to speak to where I feel we're all coming back after a whole year. This is not ordinary stuff, guys. We can't approach these times as just, oh, it's another year. This is a very significant moment in history that many of us will look back and tell our kids, COVID? <laughs> tell you what happened. It didn't take us out. That was the moment that Jesus entered, that was a moment I pinned my shoulders back. That was the time I got real with God. I was like, I ain't doing no more fake religious ritual stuff. I was like, God, I need you. I'm opening my heart. I'm opening my family. And I realized I can't put my trust in my job, in entertainment, in sports, because all of that can get shut down in a moment. But my God was with me because I opened my heart. Somebody shout amen through. And that was the moment that I got real with God. Like if 2020 didn't catch you to get real with God, I don't know what will. That's real talk. If you're like, I didn't pray. I was like, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like if that didn't bring you to your knees, Jesus entered. And I think there's a shift of authenticity coming. 
that many of us are like, I'm not about all that just check-in, check-out stuff. I need real encounter, man. Because when it hits, I need, I need to know God's with me. Jesus entered, but it's through the church. I love what David says in Psalm, put that next verse up there, 26, 8. It says, Lord, I love the house where you live. The place where your kabod, Hebrew word for glory, kabod, wait, your glory, it dwells. I love this because what David is saying, he said, Lord, I love your church. I love your house. Now, of course, God is in your house too. Okay, God is in your heart. But the gathering place of the believers is his church. It's the place where, where believers gather. And what David is saying, is, said, Lord, I love where the brethren gather together. I love where the sisters, I love where the family of God, like your house, I, I love that. He says, where your glory, it, it moves and it, and it shows cities that God is moving. That they see people not packing out clubs, they see people packing out the church. May the parking lot always be filled at church. You're like, no, I want good parking. Come early, it's great. When it, anyway, so, <laughs> that's messed up, huh? It's always, it's always empty like 10 minutes before, but anyway. So, um, I was messed up. I, I okay. Where was I? The church may always be packed out. May always be full because there's a need and there's a hunger. I love this because David's saying, Lord, I, I love what you're doing on earth. I love what you're about. I love what you're moving. I love how you're, you're, you're saving, you're entering. Because it is God's desire, listen to me now, to change this city, to change Costa Mesa. It is God's heart to change America. It's God's heart to literally change every neighborhood to come to know him. That is his desire. He wants none to perish, but all to come. Here's a word that's very churchy, churchy, religious, repentance. That word repentance means to turn to him. He wants everyone to turn to him. He wept, I want you to know the peace. But he says, I've chosen the church to be the hope of the world. I've chosen this. And I think we've all realized, real talk, hashtag real talk, how important and how essential the church is. I was crying, Lord, I want church, man, I miss it. Some of y'all, I'm looking at the ground, somebody used to ditch it, but now you're like, I need church. Everybody tell me, open it up. It's like, you weren't telling me that six months ago. You were like, anyway, okay. So it's like, Lord, your church is essential. What God can do through a body of believers is miraculous. I want to show you this cool picture. Here's a picture. Someone say through the church. Throw the picture. First service. Yeah, there it is. Oh, zoom it out a little bit. Here's the first service of Freedom House. I was wearing baggy pants right there. <laughs> okay. Here's the first service of Freedom House. And... Um, of course, you know, I went to Bible college, got ordained, so we didn't just wake up one Sunday and be like, welcome to church. Okay, so there's a whole process behind this, but I'm kind of fast-forwarding it here. But this is the first service that started as a Bible study. Someone say, through the church. Someone say, Jesus, enter. And we say, okay. We finally heard, we say, okay, Lord. And we set out with this intent of God, what can you do? We just want to love your church. And this was our prayer. Listen, guys. Imagine a church where people actually want to go to. Imagine a place where it's not like church. Ugh. 
But it's like church, yes. That's a place that fills me. Imagine a church where kids actually say, I like that place. Imagine a church where you actually go and when you walk in one way, you walk out a whole nother way. Imagine a church where you don't just feel like you did something good, you feel the presence and the goodness of God. Imagine a church where you actually don't just attend, but you can get prayed for, you can get encouraged, you can build friendships. Imagine a church that, you know what, is something where miracles are taking place. What would that church look like? That was our heart when we first started. We're like, God, let that be. And today I'm telling you, it blows my mind. I never, I could have been dreaming a thousand years what God is doing through our church now. Like it's, it's miraculous because some of you, you're miracles. You know you are. Some of you are like, I would have never gone to church. So like, I never would. And here I am. You're at, you're at the 1130. Some of you are like, I never would have gone to church. And here you are at the five. And here you are at the 930. And here you are. You're like, I never. Some of you are like, I'm wearing a, a volunteer shirt. Are you kidding me? How'd you get this on me? Come on, somebody. You know, some of you, you, you said, because this is what God is doing. He wants to move in a greater dimension, guys. And as I look now, and I almost feel like, 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 like we're rebuilding, almost restarting all that God is doing, I look to the future and I say, okay, God, what do you want to do through Freedom House? This is your house. And, and I'm telling you guys, okay, here's where, here's where I need you to, to put your seatbelt on. Because God is presenting things that are huge, guys. Through the, I'm going to say through the church. Where last year, some of you remember that when we, uh, around this time, I know I heard from God that, that it was time for us to risk it all again. It was time for us to surrender. And it was time for us to expand. It was time for us to do. Some of you remember that last year. And we launched out our, our, our vision, you know, builder and all that. And then the pandemic hit. And I was like, Lord, I know I heard from you. Like, I know I heard from you that you told me to release that. But the pandemic hit and everything shut down. And, and, and Lord, mind I told you the year of alignment. Remember last year I said year of alignment wasn't going to be a year of blessing, but a year of principle. And some of y'all looked at me with froggy eyes. What? And then, okay, God, if you didn't learn 2020, I don't know what. But he, he taught us all a lesson, right? How bad we all got aligned with him and, and, and aligned with our families, aligned with his purposes. And, and I was like, God, I know I heard from you. Like, but the, the shutdown and all this stuff. And then God revealed to me that maybe what we thought was a letdown was really a setup. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Because listen to me now. What we wanted to do a year ago is now 50% off this year. I'll take the four claps. That's all right. I'll take the four claps. That's cool. Is now 50% off. Now they're trying to say, would you just take it? And now opportunities right now are like crazy. And I'm going, Lord. So I started, I started praying and I was like, God. And Lord said, release it again. And, 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 and I'm going to share some stuff with you. I have a video I want to share with you right now. And I just want to put vision in you. Okay. Now for some of you that are new to Freedom House, um, we're not a pressure church. So, so don't, don't misinterpret. This is not going to be like a bait and switch. All I'm going to ask you to do is pray about what God would ask you to do. Okay. That's it. You're going to leave the service. It's going to be a powerful, powerful time. And all I believe I am is saying, God, what are you doing? I'll tell your people. Because at the end of the day, you don't answer to any of us. You answer to God. And the part of the purpose you play in his plan is how he will speak to every one of us. And here's what's happening in our church is that we are in the cusp of a moment in history 
that we will look back at this time and say, how did we respond when the world was broken down? Because in the darkest times, light shines the brightest. In the darkest times is when the church rises up the strongest. Because we don't serve a God that's 99 and 1. We serve the undefeated God. I said we serve the undefeated God. Some huge things have opened up, and I want to share that with you guys. So I want you to check this video out. It's a couple minutes, so just get comfortable, and we want to tell you what God has done. And if you're here for the first time, you're actually going to get to learn a lot about who Freedom House is. So you picked a great service, because I'm telling you, this is not a move of man. This is a move of God. So check out this video, and I'll come right back. Put it up here. People in the kingdom come together for one common goal of winning souls to Christ and seeing the kingdom of God expanded. Come on, somebody. Some battles we're going to win as a team. Some battles we might lose, but we're going to look at how to defeat and get back on a winning streak. Sometimes somebody will have to sacrifice something in order for someone else to advance on their road with God. Are you a part of the team? We're going in. We're going to take this giant down. We're going to sacrifice what we got to sacrifice. We're going to trust God how we have to trust God. I'm going to believe we're going to deal with these giants because I'm not going to let another 40 years pass in another generation go, oh, come on, somebody. I'm going to deal with this giant. We're going to get this building. We're going to get this land. We're going to get this provision. I'm going to get delivered from anger. I'm going to let go of my unforgiveness. I'm going to let go of my bitterness. I'm going to let go of all my hurt. I'm going to let go of all my past. I'm going to let go of all my issues. I'm going to let go of all things. I'm going to get rid of Egypt. I'm not going to play the victim. I'm not going to have resentment. I'm not going to play revenge. I'm not going to be mad at the world. I'm just going to go take care of these giants. Wow, praise God. Thank God for all that he's done. It's amazing that we're living in the days that we actually prayed for. From beginning literally in our house as a Bible study to now seeing what God is doing. This is not a move of man. This is a move of God. Right. To see what's happening at our Fullerton campus, our Costa Mesa campus and online, to seeing lives be changed forever. The literally thousands, that's not an overstatement, the thousands of people that have given their life to Jesus, to God be the glory. What do you think? Honey. Look what the Lord has done. I mean, in a nutshell, I mean, I don't think we could do anything in a nutshell because it's just so grand, every single thing that God has been doing from just the salvations, from uh, how many people and resources that we provided to our community, people that drove from other cities to come to see what was happening at Freedom House, lives being changed, families being restored, people that wanted to take their lives ended up not taking their lives because they found the hope of Jesus. I mean, the list goes on and on. Look what the Lord has done. And not just in our community, not just in our surroundings, but you know, let's take a personal reflex reflection right now. Look what the Lord has done in our personal lives, in our own homes, in our own families. My children are loving church, loving Jesus. I know that there's a revival in my home and I know it's happening in yours as well. Look what God has, been, has done and what he continues to do. 
Amen. The impossible has truly become possible with only God. When I think about our Fullerton campus and just how this was once just an empty building has now grown through our 9.30, 11.30, our 5 p.m., our Wednesday, our kids are worshiping God, our Bible yeah. college is thriving, our growth track is full, the parking lot is people coming to church, and then at our Costa Mesa campus where there wasn't a church, now there is a thriving church. We started that campus and, and now hundreds of people are gathering and worshiping God. In fact, I had one person tell me how their life has been forever changed because of Costa Mesa. Now they have a place to call home. And then our online campus, we launched and now we're reaching people literally across America and around the world that call Freedom House Church their home. And during the pandemic, they were able to get ministered to right in their home and commit their lives to Christ. We are truly changing our world one life at a time to God be the glory. And I want you to hear from our campus pastors as well as our outreach director of all that we've been doing through our student ministry, outreach, and also at our campuses. Hey, Freedom House, how's it going? It's Pastor Louie, the Fulton Campus Pastor, and I'm so excited about what God is doing at Freedom House Church. Since last year, since the pandemic hit, it's caused us to do church in a very creative way, with creative ways on how to reach people. From our community outreach events to our online broadcast, we reached so many people and we saw the impact reflected when people started coming back to church from our outdoor services to having services inside. New people, new faces, new salvations, rebuild, restore, revive, God is moving. Here at Fullerton Campus, we are experiencing packed out services. Marriages are being restored, relationships are being restored, families are being restored. People are receiving healing and breakthrough. God is doing a great work, but we need more room. We are busting at the seams over here at Fullerton Campus ever since we opened the doors to allow people to come in. Our parking lot is full with people coming from all over SoCal so they can be a part of our services. Our parking lot is overflowing. And our kids' church, our kids' church is filled to the brim with kids learning the Word of God from our awesome teachers. In our kids' church, we need more space. And in this past year, we have continued to see thousands upon thousands of people come to the salvation knowledge of Jesus Christ through the preaching of His Word. Hi, Freedom House, uh, Pastor Brian, your Costa Mesa campus pastor. And what God has been doing in Costa Mesa has been so special. April is gonna mark two years of our Costa Mesa campus. So hard to believe that we're already celebrating two years of, of planting our, our Freedom House flag, but most importantly, planting heaven in that Costa Mesa area. Uh, we have, you know, we, we've seen so much life change that has taken place. We've seen the restoration of, of, of families, the restoration of, of loved ones, the restoration of marriages. We're seeing children be raised up after the heart of God uh, to do all of his will. This, this last pandemic year, you know, it, it, it threw a little bit of a wrench into our plans, but our Costa Mesa campus, they stayed together. They stayed in unity. They, they, they stayed focused. We had our, our, our team members, our, our dream team members were, were serving at our emergency relief kits, uh, you know, at, at our outreach at our Fullerton campus. They were going uh, above and beyond. They were making sure that they wanted to continue to meet the need uh, of people. We had our worship nights that, that brought our campus and brought our cities and brought our region together. And we've seen people come out for our, our worship nights. And then we went back indoors and we've seen God continue to move. We've seen revival take place and we had to go outdoors. And, and we didn't know, we weren't sure how long our outdoor services were gonna last, but sure enough, they lasted a good three and a half months. We did kids church outdoors, but we've seen God continue to move in people's lives. We've seen connect groups continue to thrive. 
We've seen Dream Team continue to thrive. Our Dream Team has gone, uh, they've they just been putting God first in so many different ways, showing up as early as 6 a.m., staying as late as 2 p.m. to see God move, to, to set the, the atmosphere of our campus so that people could come and find that much needed love of Christ um, that we all have needed over this last year. Even in the midst of, of the pandemic, we've seen people continue to go through growth track. We've seen them join the Dream Team. We're seeing baptisms take place. One story in particular, we had a lady who was baptized on her 50th birthday because she believes that revival is still gonna take place in the later half of her life. And we believe that too. We know that we're seeing the rebuild, the rest restoration and the revival at our Costa Mesa campus. And now we have such a great opportunity to continue to establish the kingdom of heaven, to continue to establish God's house in the Costa Mesa region so that more families, more marriages, more children, more young people can come to know Christ, can, can be raised up after the heart of God to do all of His will. We have, we have church members that are gonna be selling, ce celebrating two years of sobriety. They're gonna be celebrating two years depression-free, two years of, of, of debt-free, two years uh, of anxiety-free because of our Costa Mesa campus. And that is all because of the generous hearts that is known as Freedom House, because of all of you, because you gave towards the vision, because you gave towards seeing Freedom House be established in multiple campuses. You are all a part of every single one of those testimonies. You're a part of every single one uh, of those freedoms. You're a, free you're a part of every single one of those success stories. And so we thank you. And let's continue to build together. Let's continue to see God move in our Costa Mesa region, continue to establish marriages, establish families, raise up the next generation and see God do what we've never seen him do before. Hey, Freedom House family, Pastor Tom here, the student and young adult pastor, and I help oversee our community outreach department. And man, I just want to report what God has been doing specifically within our community outreach and our student and young adult ministry known as Alive. In our community outreach department, I want to report to you that in the midst of the entire world shutting down, Freedom House Church, under the leadership of Pastor Sai and Pastor Marie, decided that we're going to be here to, to feed our community. We're going to be here to give hope to our community, to pray for families, to, to, to lead them to Christ. And I want to report to you is that as so many things begin to close down, we had one of our greatest years in community outreach specifically. Last year we did, uh, starting in March, what we called our emergency relief kit, which consisted of uh, uh, hygiene packets from hand sanitizer to toilet paper to uh, perishable goods, non-perishable goods, uh, disinfectant soaps, all the things you weren't able to find in the grocery stores last year. Uh, we were able to connect with the resource to help us bring these back into our community. And our report to you is not just the number that, that we gave out that's important, but it's a matter of the families that we reached, that we provided and just saying, there is still hope in this world. We gave over 20,000, you heard me correct, over 20,000 emergency relief kits consisting of toilet paper, bread, non-perishable goods, disinfectant soaps, hand sanitizer, sanitizing wipes, uh, all of the good things last year that we couldn't find in the stores. Freedom House Church was the beacon of hope. But here's the best part, because it's not just simply about what we gave out to them, it's about what we also extended to them. And that was receiving Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. I wanna report that last year, in, in just a matter of six to seven months, we saw at our Fullerton campus, through our emergency relief kit giveaway, over 3,000 salvations. You heard me right, 3,000 salvations in our driveway, in the driveway. While things were closing down, 
families were being restored, while things were, were, were starting to, to wreak chaos in our world, people were having uh, encounters in the driveway of our Fullerton campus here being prayed for by every emergency relief kit we gave them. We also prayed for them as well, as well as leading them and having them receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Come on, that is something to be excited about. But not only with just our emergency relief kits, with also our, our what we call our Feed the Need initiative. We gave out over 1,000 ready pre-cooked meals as well as 100 pre-packaged Thanksgiving meals to families within our community. But I wanna report this one as well too. As many of you know, we do what we call our Adopt-A-Home initiative. And this year we set out a lofty goal of saying, okay, we're gonna try and reach 500 families. This last year in 2020, we want to report that we reached 550 families with a pre-lit Christmas tree, toys for every single one of the children, ornaments, but groceries as well too, and praying for every single family as they came to our Fullerton campus to pick up all the essentials for the children so that they can have a Christmas for their family this year. But here's the best part as well as this too, is we prayed for every single family. So we weren't just giving them uh, essential goods, but we were also providing a spiritual need to them as well too. So many families in tears, breakdown, writing letters to us saying, Freedom House Church, thank you for not closing, but thank you for still being a church that will pray for people, that will be the hope in our community. And I wanna to report to you that that was all by the vision and leadership of our lead pastors, Pastor Sai and Pastor Maria as well too. This past year for Christmas time, we reached over 2,500 children that we gave toys to every single one of them this past Christmas season. What God has been doing within our community outreach department specifically is nothing short than a miracle and nothing short of amazing. And I want to transition and head into our student young adult ministry known as Alive Students and Young Adults. And uh, my wife and I, we have the honor of leading this generation and suicide rates are up higher than ever they are before. Depression, anxiety, isolation. And what 2020 did was it really withdrew a community from students. It really pulled a lot of things out of them. And so we were seeing, you know, just uh, students reaching out to us, young adults reaching out to us with actual suicide ideation, meaning that they already thought and were having a plan on how they wanted to take their own life. And what we've been able to do is not only keep them in community, but we've been able to just be there to have authentic conversations with them. How are you doing? How's school going? We did a graduation drop-off for all those that graduated last year in 2020. We did park hangs, we did Zoom hangs, and when we came back uh, in October for our first student young adult service, we saw students more hungry for the presence of God above anything else. And I want to report to you what lately what God has been doing is lately we have been seeing our junior high and high school nights known as Alive Nights. Uh, students at the end of service, service is already over, altar call already happened, but still at the altar having an encounter with God because of the deep healing that he's doing in their lives. And not only just with that, but with our young adult ministry as well, known as YA gatherings, where young adults between the ages of 18 to 30 are coming and having an authentic encounter with God. We're seeing people saying, I'm done with drugs. We're seeing young adults saying, I I I'm done with promiscuity. I'm done hooking up. I'm done with all this. I just want all that God has for me in my life. And this, I, it, it is, nothing short of a miracle of what God is doing in our community outreach department, as well as our student and young adult, uh, young adult department as well too, known as a live student young adult ministry. Freedom House Church, thank you because of your generosity, because of your hearts to see this next generation be raised up after the heart of God. We are seeing God do tremendous things in our outreach, but also our student and young adult ministry. Amazing testimonies, again, the hand of God 
is moving and all this is possible because of your generous hearts and people like you who are willing to say, God, you can use my life. And I wanna thank you for your generosity. I wanna thank you for your servant heart because together, nothing is impossible. Amen, you know, I wanna echo that. Thank you for your generous obedience. And I say generous obedience because it comes with what you give and what you sow into this house. And you know, I reflect on the, on the story when uh, in the Bible where Jesus, you know, the little boy had just a few fish and just a few loaves of bread and he gave it to Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He multiplied right. it. But it wasn't possible until it transferred from the hands of Amen. the boy to the hands of Jesus. And I just love what God has been doing through our generosity, through this church, through your heart yeah. as well. Just your, your obedience and saying, God, I'm gonna put it in your hands yeah. and seeing how he multiplies it. And he just doesn't multiply the same thing over and over. He multiplies it in ways that we can't even describe that we know that we need and that we're asking him for, but we don't even know how to put it into words. That's how God multiplies and he just continues to multiply. When we continue to multiply in our generosity, he is faithful to multiply into things that we can't give ourselves only he can give it to us so I just want to give a huge thank you for giving so generously to the mission vision and purpose of this house I know that God's gonna multiply once you continue to walk in that obedience and that faith and that generosity we love you so much we love your family we love what God's doing in your life and we're just so blessed to partner with you in what is yet to come Thank you for being on this journey to bring Jesus to this generation. It's through your generosity, our generosity, that we can truly change the world. And it's not only about legacy here on earth, but legacy for eternity of what we will be remembered by on earth, but also would God remember us for all of eternity because it's one thing to attend church, but it's a whole nother thing to build a church, to say, God, I'm laying down my life to see the greatest thing on planet earth be established, God's church, because the church is the hope of the world. The Bible says that Jesus tells us that he is building his church. And when we get behind the church, that's what Jesus is building. And you know, as I look to the future of what God's gonna do, and I think about our heart for the house, which happens once a year, where we come together for the giving to empower and expand God's kingdom. I think about where we're going next and what God wants to do, even in the midst of all that has taken place. I believe the church is now more essential than ever. And I think about the future. I look at our Fullerton campus and I think about how even after the pandemic, we've come back and it almost, you would think that because of a pandemic, it would stop the move of God. Well, listen, no pandemic is stronger than God's purposes because now the church is full again after the pandemic. Our 9.30, 11.30, our 5 p.m., our first Wednesdays are packed out. The, the parking lot is full. The kids' church are full. We're, we're having to check in kids outside. The growth track is, is still is growing our Bible college people are online but also in the room we're trying to fit over a hundred students in our Bible college we turn over our freedom kids room to be a, a Bible college then we turn it back and we still during our outreach we we gave more to our outreach than ever before God is moving and we're out of space we're completely out of space at our Fullerton campus not to mention our kids church again I know that inside the auditorium might see a little more space but that's not true in our kids church as well as our parking lot and I know that as we 
mentioned last year is we are looking, as we look to the future, to get a, a brand new facility, a much bigger facility for our Fullerton campus. Come on, somebody, where we can begin now to have uh, rooms for all our Bible college and even our buddies' classrooms where one of our, our Freedom House buddies is our special needs kids. We want them to have their own space. So I want to show you the building that we had talked about last year, this year. Here it goes. Ready? Jump roll, please. Bam. Here it is. Remember that? Look at that parking. Come on. Let's give me a better amen because we need parking. Come on. We'd have to park down the street. You know, also look at the, our kids space and then look at the, the, the lobby area. Look at the, 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 uh, the kids playground that we want to have. Our Bible college classrooms where we want to have room for our Bible college where we're training future biblical leaders to step in this generation. We also want to have, you know, a playground in areas where we have vision to open up a Freedom House preschool academy where kids can come and they can learn God's principles as they're being raised. And we want to have a room for our special needs ministry where it's such an important ministry. We have families coming saying that they have no other church to go to because they don't have those programs, but Freedom House, we have that. And then look at all that God's going to do. Our growth track classrooms are right now we're having to do our growth track outside, but we want to do it inside. What do we do when it's raining and all that? So that's what we want to do. Come on, give God a praise. Come on, somebody. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why would we do this after a pandemic? Why, why would we do this now? And I'm going to tell you why. Because last year when we released this vision, the pandemic hit. And what might have seemed like a problem, uh, you know, a letdown, I believe was a setup. Because now buildings are more affordable than before. There is so many opportunities, guys. Listen, now is the opportunity where these, these warehouses are empty, these, these past companies that, that have shut down and they are actually giving these buildings where we have an opportunity to get in ones and there's opportunities right now. And so I wanna fire us back up that I believe that if we can come together, we can make this happen. All of us doing our part, sowing through our heart for the house and giving. And so what we're doing is we're gonna come together for that first initiative and then there's a second initiative. I know you think I'm crazy, but I, I know that God can do something great when we come together. And the second initiative is this, is we've learned that when, we're, when, we're, when we are portable campus, we're vulnerable. And our Costa Mesa campus had to shut down for a moment. Now we're great, we love being set up in Terra, and I believe that's a great model to start with. But now Costa Mesa is gonna be celebrating their two year anniversary. So what we're also looking to do, which that's amazing, is we're looking to get Costa Mesa their own facility as well. There's opportunities out there. And I know that if we can come together, come on Costa Mesa, we gotta get your own building and it's be its yes. own location. Yes. No more setup and tear down. It's a place in Costa Mesa, Freedom House, where we can begin to build and grow and have a place to call home in Jesus' name. And then our future campuses, we'll give them the trailer. We'll look to open more campuses right. as they begin to grow, but we wanna get Costa Mesa. Those are our two initiatives through this heart for the house for us to come together. What do you think, honey? Oh, it's just so exciting. There's just so much to look forward to, so much to press into, so much to pray for, so much to sow into. The future looks bright. And you know, I just love that we're building for the future. So when I think about the future, I think about our kids, all of our children. I think about our grandchildren. I think about legacy. I think about how they're able to stand on our shoulders and they're able to leap from a place of strength and stability. And I'm so glad that we can provide that right now. We can build those things 
for the future, continuing to take territory right. and territory and territory. That's what it's about. Absolutely. And then so if we look to a bigger location for our central campus, what we want to do out of this, have multi uh, office space for all of our campuses, as well as be a, a, a place for our conferences where we don't have to rent out a bunch of places. Women's conference, y'all know we pack it out. Freedom House conference, we pack it out. Yeah. We want to have our own location. We don't have to rent out other places. We can have it there and see lives be changed and continue to continue the mission where God is doing. So how are we going to do it? Here's how. It's through our heart for the house. What is our heart for the house? It's our once a year miracle offering where we all come together and give above our regular tithe a sacrificial offering specifically towards empowering and expanding God's house here on earth. The verse Exodus 35 5 where the Bible says take a sacred offering and let all those with the generous heart present their gifts for the building of God's house and what we're doing is biblical. So I'm asking all of our church family to prayerfully consider and prepare them and ask yourself. I'm asking all of our church to prayerfully consider and prepare to give a one-time offering or a nine-month commitment on April 25th at all of our campuses will be a sacred day where we will come together and give a sacrificial offering to build God's house. When you walked in, they gave you a brochure. Take some time to pray through that, read through that, and you do what God calls you to do. It's not equal amounts, it's equal sacrifice. And I want all of us, every one of us can participate at some level and give sacrificially to see God's house be established. And I'm just gonna say this, I believe the pandemic has showed us that the church is more important now than ever before. And had we not had our own facility in Fullerton, we all would have been shut down, but we were still able to do ministry. We're still able to change lives because of your generosity. And I can't wait to see the great revival that's already here and is about to come. So let's partner together and remember, nothing is, is impossible with, with God. God. And together we can change this world one life at a time. Love you. Amen. Come on, give God a clap so good. Amen. To God be the glory, amen. Like I said, this is not a move of man, it's a move of God. And again, I just want to remind you, we're not, I don't believe in pressure giving and all that. I believe in prayerful giving. So we're not going to be receiving an offering towards this. I just want to tell you what is possible uh, for our church in this time. To me, this is Palm Sunday. This is what Jesus came to build his church, to reach souls, to transform cities, ultimately change the world. And um, I'm telling you, like I said, there's three voices I, I know. I know God, uh, God spoke to me, you know, to do this last year. I know, the, well, there's, I, I know the voice of God, but I also know the voice of my wife. Anyhow, all the men said amen. But I also know the voice of the devil. And the devil always tries to bring fear and doubt. But God spoke to me this last Sunday. And check this out. This is how it gets. This is, for some of you, this might be a little too do-do-do-do-do-do. But some of y'all get me, okay? Is I filmed that last Sunday. And the Lord spoke to me, said, release. It's time for Heart for the House. There are things out there. I said, okay, Lord. So I filmed it last Sunday. Some of you remember because that clothes was the same thing I wore last Sunday when I preached. I still was sweaty. It, was, it wasn't the anointing. It was sweat on my forehead. Okay. And um, so I filmed it. Let's go for it. This Thursday, just a couple days ago, a property hits the market. An absolute deal. And it's right here in Fullerton. And again, I'm just telling you, this is a potential. I'm not saying this is the one. Obviously, we don't have the down payment yet, right? But this is the potential of what's out there. And I just want to show you to fill some people with vision. Put that up there if you can. And this will hit the market. It's right across the street from Cal State Fullerton. It's the former Fullerton Club. Because, you know, gyms are shut down. It's 127,000 square feet with the four-story parking garage already built. 
okay? Okay, show them, what, what, tell them that what's in there. A full-on basketball court gym. Go to, the next, go to the next picture. Bam. Talk about student, youth, city programs. Go to the next picture. Um, here's the, the layout. Go to the next picture if you can for me. There it is. 6,300 square foot gymnasium. All those rooms are racquetball courts. We would turn all of those into kids' church, buddies, Freedom House Preschool Academy. Uh, we might even, there's a swimming pool, baptisms. Let's go. Come on, everybody do laps. <laughs> right, come on. We might even leave the gym. We'll just all get in shape. You know what I mean? I'm going to hit it real quick, Pastor. Do a quick set. I'll be right back, you know? It's, it's three stories, okay? Three stories. Go to the next picture. You all might have seen it. It's right off the 57 freeway. Um, that's the parking garage. Go to the next. I mean, that alone is, is so expensive. It's right off the 57 freeway um, right there. And go to the next slide. I believe it's, you guys have seen it. When you drive on the 50, it says Meridian, you know, it's right there off the 57, right off of your Belinda Boulevard. And this building was twice as much last year. This building right now is for sale. Just hit the market on Thursday. It's for $10 million. Now, I know that sounds expensive, okay? But let me bring it into perspective. A house in Orange County is six hundred dollars to $700,000. That's 10 houses for 127,000 square feet, okay? Four-story parking garage. Literally, you could start programs for the whole community. I mean, it is a steal, okay? And again, um, some of you are like, wow, that's a lot. Well, some of you, you did good on Bitcoin last year. <laughs> Amen, just kidding. One person doesn't have to do it all. Unless you invested in Tesla and you want to hit me up after, that's cool too, okay? But if we all do our part, okay, if we all do our part, and I'm asking you to pray, I will never tell you what to give or what to do, but I will unapologetically ask you to ask God what you should do, of how we should be obedient to what God tells us to do. Just say amen to that. And again, I want you to pray. So let's pass those out if we can. Um, we have those, 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 uh, those brochures. Um, yeah, you've already got them. You don't have them. They'll hand them to you there. And again, you can prayerfully consider, ask God what he would have you do and do the, how are we going to do this? Um, actually, honey, what do you think before I go into oh, I that? Think, oh, I think this is amazing. <laughs> don't you all think this is amazing? Yeah, I mean, amazing. Yeah. my goodness, uh -huh. to be able to go from what we are here. How many square feet is this? It's, uh, this is 20,000. This, this is yeah. 20,000. Just to put in perspective, that's 127,000 yeah. square feet just to see what God wants to do and what he wants to expand. And let me just tell you, you know, this isn't about a facility. This is all about what God wants to facilitate through us, through the anointing that is over this house. And, you know, also talking about you and your personal uh, uh, journey through Christ. We want to facilitate that. We want to provide rooms. We want to provide, um, I don't know, it, you, we can dream dream as much as we want to dream counseling centers uh, marriage you know workshops uh, name it it's it's possible when we have the space and the opportunity and the growth and what God's doing here there's such a hand of God over this house yeah. there's such a hand of God and anointing of what God is doing here and we believe that God wants to expand this so more people and when I say more people don't think of people you don't know think about your kids think about your spouse think about your family think about people that you love marriage can, conference marriage con come on <laughs> people that are yeah. near and dear to you that yeah. we're going to make room for more people amen yeah. god is always making room for more so that yeah. we have the heart you know uh, uh, we want to be connected with the heart of god so we want to make room for more and we believe that this is a work of god this is yeah. the hand of god he's heard from pastor yeah. has heard from the lord and i believe that god's going to do some magnificent things amen. with our obedience so our good. sacrifice amen. and our unity amen thank you honey so how we do it um we would look to sell this facility the proceeds of that would be about 1.5. We then look to raise another 1.5. That three million would be the down payment. And essentially, 
the mortgage on that would be pretty much what we're paying here and it would be an exchange because that's how cheap those buildings are right now um, again that's not true in residential real estate is expensive but commercial real estate all of these health clubs and big box retailers they're they're not they're they can't they can't get these buildings so they're like hit your boy up I'm right here let's go and so um, I want you again again prayerfully consider what God would have you do and I believe that and then Costa Mesa we're going to believe there's buildings in Costa Mesa. Come on, give it up for Costa Mesa. They're, they're running down the aisles right now. Trust me. They're like, Hallelujah. don't get rid of the trailer yet, though. Okay, we got to raise everything. All right. And uh, I want them to have their permanent location. Again, there's box, big box retailers that are available over there. Um, there's all kinds of opportunities. But I want us to pray. Read that. Talk with your family. Again, we don't believe in pressure giving. We believe in prayerful giving. You ask God. And let's just, just, uh, just bow your head. Let me pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for our church family. And this is... This is Easter. It's when you came. It's when you entered Palm Sunday. And I believe, God, our, our role is to facilitate that entrance of you in this world. That we make the way for you to do great things, God. So, Father, I pray you speak to all of us as families, as, as singles, as, as parents, all of us, on what you would have us do. Because when we build your house, I know you're going to build our house. So God, thank you that you've entrusted us to be part of what you want to do in this generation at this time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let me show you this nasty analogy. I promise you I'll be out of your way in three minutes. I owe you some minutes in heaven. But can you put that picture of Jesus riding um, in Palm Sunday? And I want to show you this really quick. By the way, your second point is Jesus is our purpose. For some of you type A personalities that get like all messed up for the rest of the week so I didn't give you your second point, is Jesus is our purpose. Okay, write it in. And this is the picture, Palm Sunday, okay? And, and then uh, come quickly, the people that, that I invited up here. Quick, quick. I want to give you this analogy. It'll take me just a few minutes. I promise you, out of your way, we'll worship. You're going to have a fantastic Sunday. Quickly, quickly, come if you can. Yeah, um, don't trip, though. Yeah, there we go. Come on, come on, come up. And when Jesus, the Bible says, entered, the Scripture says that we read it together, that what Jesus did was he told the disciples, go get a donkey or go untie the colt. And he says, and bring it to me. Now, why is that? That is because Jesus could have came into the city by himself, but he didn't. Why? Because what Jesus did is he decided to say, I am going to ride in on your obedience. He could have rode in on himself, but he says, no, bring me, in, bring me, untie the colt. And he says, then I'll ride in. What God needs in this generation for him to ride in is the obedience of his people. So the Bible says that they laid down their cloaks. Watch this. This is all the Lord showed me, so i got to give it to you, Hushab. They laid down their cloaks. Honey, take off your jacket. And the Bible says that they laid it as Jesus came, okay? Now, what my wife and I did 12 years ago when Freedom House started is we laid down our cloaks. But it can only go as far as her and I. And what has happened is through the years, people have then laid down their cloaks. Go ahead, lay them down, guys. Go ahead, just lay them down. They've laid down their cloaks, their precious things, to make way for Jesus to come. Keep laying them down. There you go. Lay them down. Lay them down. There you go. They've laid down their cloaks. Come on, somebody. And it's gotten to where it's at now. And now we're at the place to say, Lord, I believe you're not done yet. I believe that you are just getting started with what you want to do in Orange County, in LA, and to the ends of the world. I believe, God, that we are a part of what you want to do on earth. And I want to do my part of ushering in the entrance 
of the risen Savior of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I can't do it all, but I'll do my part so you can change this world one lap at a time. Come on, somebody. This is what Easter, it's not just, okay, God, thank you, peace, see you later. No, it's us laying down our lives. You can't curse the darkness hoping it'll change. You can only obey the light, and that will bring the change. I want us all to stand to our feet, and I want to lead us in a moment of worship. And check this out. Watch this, guys. This is cool. This is what Palm Sunday looked like. Jesus was riding in, and people were worshiping the king coming. You're like, but I don't have a palm. Wave at me. There's your palm. But I don't have a branch. It's your arm. And the Bible says they welcome the king. Would you sing this with me? Just live Hosanna. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.